It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, is A&M truly a contender for the college football playoff, or are they more so one of those few teams on the outside looking in? Well, if you ask CBS Sports' Chip Patterson, they are one of those few contenders that will have their chance to make it to the college football playoff for the very first time since the inaugural season in 2014. We're going to be breaking down their likability compared to the other seven teams mentioned in Patterson's article. Plus, we're chugging right along with our top 25 Aggies to watch for in 25 days as we prepare for the 2020 season when the Aggies play host to the Vanderbilt Commodores on Saturday, September 26th. That game kicks off at 6.30 and can be seen on the SEC Alternative Channel. Who comes in at number 21? We'll give you our thoughts today. Before we begin, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Leave a like, leave a review, let us know what we can do better, and secondly, Follow us at on social media, at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show better as we are back to five days a week. That's right. Locked on Aggies is now on five days a week, so every day is a Locked on Aggies podcast day. Leave your comments and let me know what you want to see a little bit differently coming into the year. And secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content found here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Best way to do that is follow us on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. All right, so everyone knows who are going to be the heavy hitters going into this upcoming season, and it's going to be a little bit of a weird season because as of right now, we aren't sure if the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to come back. Now, if everything sits the way it is right now, they're not. But according to what we're hearing from multiple different sources, the Big Ten is working their way into having a later season schedule, which would also likely put them out of the college football playoff conversation. So, instead of seeing the likes of Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State in the conversation, you're likely going to see a second team from either the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12 actually represent the four teams when it comes to Selection Sunday in the middle of December this year. Now, you're going to have your favorites in the SEC. It's going to be Alabama because they've been to the college football playoff every year except for last year. In the ACC, you're going to have your favorites in Clemson because Clemson has done it almost the exact same as Alabama. You're also going to probably have Oklahoma be one of your heavy hitters. And then you're probably, at least for now, I'm going to say Georgia is at least going to be in the conversation, even though we don't really know what's going on with their quarterback situation. But those are likely going into the season, the top four quote-unquote teams to likely make the college football playoff, which means when you look down the list, and it's not a long list. I mean, you look at the list of teams that have been in the college football playoff, and you have your likes of Oregon, you have your likes of Florida State, you have your Ohio States, you have your Clemsons, your Alabamas, your Oklahomas, your Michigan State, who came in one time. Washington, who came in one time. Then you have Georgia, who's been in once. Notre Dame, who's been in once. And LSU, who's been in once. That's it. I mean, it's that short of a list. So this could really be the start of a brand new chapter for teams to make their name known 
for college football playoff contention. And more importantly, A&M is going to be one of those teams. As they built off of last year's roster, the pieces that were lost were made up for in a top five recruiting class, top 10 recruiting class. You could argue it is top five though. I mean, they, they literally were neck and neck at number five and number six. So they add into that recruiting class on top of an already impressive recruiting class the year before, plus a third year in Jimbo Fisher's system, a third year in Mike Oko's system in the defensive side of things, and a schedule that maybe isn't as easy as it was originally, but it's definitely not as hard as a lot of people probably could have made it out to be. I mean, you could have had them face Florida and Georgia. Instead, you have them facing Florida and Tennessee. So at least you have a non-top 25 game in that new 10-game schedule. But who am I to judge when Chip Patterson has already made the argument for seven teams that are likely going to be in that contention for that fourth spot? Now, who are these seven teams according to Patterson? Well, let's just start off with the number one easiest option team, the team that a lot of people I think are going to say, yep, they're likely going to be a heavy hitter going into the year. And that would be Florida. Now, why would Florida be the likely contender in the SEC over the likes of, I would say, maybe an Auburn or an A&M for that reason? Simple. It's an easier schedule, and they also play in an easier division. All we have to really worry about when you talk about Florida is, are they going to be able to defeat the likes of Georgia year in and year out? Then if they can defeat the likes of Georgia, they're more than likely representing the SEC East when it comes to the SEC championship game in Atlanta. That really kind of decides it. And according to Patterson, it's kind of a very similar finish. There's an argument for Kyle Trask to be the best quarterback in the SEC. And Dan Mullen is not only the top coach in the league, but one of the top coaches in the country. Trask has expectations that were, uh, weren't there when Felipe Frank started in 2019. And the Gators are no longer looking for their footing with Mullen under the command as the head coach. Now, after back-to-back New Year's Six Bowls and a postseason top 10 finish, the 10-game schedule... Hand of the Gators set up with another strong season with two games that will likely determine their playoff contention. This is a big one, and I've mentioned this a ton. That October 10th game between Florida and AM is so important for both these schools who are looking to make it to the college football playoff for their first season because of you're going to have a game early on, Alabama in week two, week three they face Florida. If AM can start 3-0, that is a, a tremendous start against two top 10 opponents. But if AM loses this game, it only puts more pressure on them to win out the rest of the year. So they start off against Vanderbilt. They're going to face off against Alabama. They have to win this game against Florida. They lose this game against Florida. They could be 8-2. and two. They could beat the living snot out of everyone offensively. Kellen Mond could be considered a Heisman contender. Guess what? It doesn't matter because they have two losses and they come to two top 10 opponents. But if Florida were to lose this game, they're not out of contention just yet because the game that really would matter would be that Florida and Georgia game now on November 7th. It's possible that there is an Alabama in 2017 kind of schedule for them where they go all the way to the college football playoff. They look like they're ready to to bounce back, be finally a contender. Nope, just they're just going to blow it. But if they can beat the likes of Georgia and they can make it, to the SEC championship game depending on how that game goes and that could mean a lot of different things that could mean hey we lost by 10 we lost by a field goal we held Alabama to 13 points 
the college football playoff committee will likely take that into consideration if they are looking for a power five team to be that fourth conference represented in the playoffs over the likes of say an AAC school or a conference USA school or any other one of the non-power five programs. And Florida, I think, definitely has the best opportunity because they play in the weaker division of the SEC, and they really only have to get to two games. They win those two, they're going to be set up nice and cushioned for a trip down to the ATL in sometime in December. Speaking of trips, how many of you guys ever traveled towards the auto parts store to find a brand new part, but then you had to pay a service fee and an installment fee that you could probably do at home? Well, if you want to do it by yourself at home and you have the tools to do it, why not go use rockauto.com? rockauto.com is an online auto part business that has been serving online customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety of selections from all different types of auto parts, models, and brand names. Just give, let me give you an example. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints had his tailgate stolen off the back of his truck. He went onto rockautos.com's very easy to navigate catalog, found himself a brand new tailgate, had it shipped to his house, and installed it himself for a fraction of the price. Go to rockauto.com and type in Locked On on the How'd You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. It's amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be. Lockdown Aggies presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, if you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite sports scenes every single day, why not listen to a Lockdown Podcast? The Lockdown Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows plus every team covered in the NLB, NFL, NHL, NBA, and final information to get you geared up for your fantasy sports show season this upcoming year. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify if you can't do any of that. Listen live on LockdownPodcast.com. So according to Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, Florida is going to be the heavy hitters going into this year for their first chance to make it to the college football playoff. Now, where does Texas A&M rank? I'll give you a hint. They're right after this next team, and a lot of people are not going to like it. It's Hook'em Horns. Texas comes in on his list at number two. Like Florida, Texas is trying to relive the dream of the 2000s after a decade of what we could probably call mediocrity behind the end of the Mac Brown era and the entire Charlie Strong era. Oklahoma has been the most dominant program, not just to be in the playoff era, but in the league's entire existence when you talk about the Big 12. Yet Texas has a chance to finally make it quote-unquote back. And there are a lot of pieces in place when you look at this team that do make them, I think, a contender. Are they a bigger contender than A&M? Well, let's find out. They have a coach who has something to prove this year in Tom Herman, as he's probably going into a contract year to where they know, okay, if this guy cannot be our solution, we have to cut ties now before it is too late. The Longhorns have a caliber quarterback in Sam Ellinger under center coming back for his senior year, and they have an offensive line that looks actually really competent to protect him. The biggest thing for Texas, I would say would be not suffering big losses at home. And what I mean by big losses is you can lose to Oklahoma and still be a contender. It's like losing to Alabama in the SEC and not counting yourself out just yet for a college football playoff spot or even counting yourself out yet for an SEC title spot. I mean, Alabama could drop too, as we just saw, and that's always a possibility. But for Texas's sake, it would have to be them not losing those games to an Iowa State. Those games to a Texas Tech, those games to a TCU, those games to 
anyone other than Oklahoma State or I would say Oklahoma, if they can win out between those two, maybe you have a conversation in place when it comes to Texas. That doesn't mean that there's a great one, but there is one. And if they can get that win over Oklahoma, which they have. I mean, everyone remembers Dicker, the kicker. Everyone remembers that. If they can do that, then guess what? Maybe they could be in consideration. But no matter what, the next team on this list is Texas A&M. Now, they're also tied with Auburn, which is a big deal because if you look at these two teams, and they kind of are very similar when you break them down. They both have a coach who is trying to prove something in Gus Malzahn and Jimbo Fisher. They both have, I would say, the backing this year to really expand their roles in the SEC West. And more importantly, they're both, I think, considered underdogs every single season because they play behind the likes of Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. But there's so much optimism for a and in 2020 because of the talent level has been raised by Fisher. Not just with the new recruits, but also with recruits from last year who really made an immediate impact. I mean, we're not really talking about Anaya Smith going into this year because if he's going to be backing up Isaiah Spiller. But what if the two really bounce out and become a 1-2 combination in the backfield as one brute runner, one speedster, and then you throw in Devon Ashe? You throw all three in for earth, wind, and fire, kind of what the New York Giants did in 2007? That's really dangerous. What if Kellen Mond's protection gets better? What if the Aggies' offensive line looks really good? What if they have improved immensely because of Kenyon Green and what he was able to bring from year one to year two? That only adds to the fire, I think. What if that defense really steps up with new players such as Damani Richardson, taking control as that strong safety, allowing Keldrick Harper to be that roaming safety. What if Jalen Jones comes in immediately and makes an impact on the outside at cornerback? This is a guy that a lot of people said could be the breakout player in the SEC this year. There's a lot to like about that. More importantly, they also have depth on the defensive line with guys like DeMarvin Leal, guys like Bobby Brown, guys like Michael Clemens. They have the pieces there to go alongside Tyree to really step up and be something impressive. The biggest thing for them is going to be getting those two wins. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Those week two and week three matchups decides a and season. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to be 100% out of the college football playoff consideration, but if they can get a win over Alabama early in week two, they could struggle with that game against Florida in week three, still finish 9-1. and one. They would hold the tiebreaker over Alabama. They get that win over Florida, they're going to set themselves up for if it came down to them and Alabama, we would have to see what would happen. But I'm telling you, those week two and week three matchups mean so much to AM. It's not even funny. This is really AM season, October 3rd and October 10th. If they get those two wins out of the way, guess what? They're set up for the biggest success in 2020. Of any team in the SEC, in my opinion. Now, of course, Auburn, the other little brother of the SEC West. They're looking to be good under Chad Morris's first year as the offensive coordinator, which could be a big boost for Bo Nix entering his second season under center. They have two very solid wide receivers in Seth Williams and Anthony Schwartz. They have decent backfield depth, even though they lost Jatavius Whitlow this past offseason. Uh, the offensive line is going to be a big concern, and the defensive line is going to be a big concern. They lost their starting left tackle in Prince Tegawatongo, 
and they lost two of their top defensive linemen in Derek Brown and in Marlon Davidson. You're going to have to find a way to replace all three of their productions really early. But if they can start the season off strong with games against Georgia and then later on against A&M in the very last game of the season and against Alabama, Auburn should be very well put on both sides of the ball to, I think, contend as one of the best teams in the SEC in general. Now, does this mean that they're a college football playoff contender? No, but I do think that if they can go all the way to the end of the year to face off against the likes of the, of the Aggies, guess what? This could be a deciding factor. We have no idea what Alabama's going to be. Is Mac Jones really going to be the answer? Is Bryce Young going to come out immediately and set fire to the college football world like Tua Tagovailoa did? I don't think so. So you add all that together, all it says to me is that you have two teams who are the little brothers in the SEC who could benefit from a 10-game schedule and could benefit from Alabama's departures last year more than ever. Specifically, I would say A&M because they're returning so many veteran starters back to this lineup. And a veteran core that's made up of a ton of seniors that understand what Fisher's looking for entering their final year with the program. Real fast, it's the other teams that were mentioned in this article. Oklahoma State, North Carolina. North Carolina is going to be a really interesting one because of Phil Longo coming in as the offense coordinator. Sam Howell, uh, what he did during his rookie, uh, his freshman year with over 3,600 passing yards, 38 passing touchdowns, uh, and he led uh, UNC to the conference title contention last year. And finally, UCF. Every single year, UCF is a little overhyped because of what they did in 2017, going 13-0. But I like what Josh, Josh Heupel has built up there. I really want to see what they do under the quarterback position. Uh, and then you take out some of their big-time games, and you take out some of the big-time competitors with Penn State, Oregon, Ohio State you know, sitting out for the year. Maybe this is a season where they can really kind of step up. In order right now, how I would rank these teams going into the year. For getting their first shot to make the college football playoff. Seven UCF, they gotta go undefeated immediately, and they have to win outright in every single game for them to be able to, I think, be a really big contender. Six, I'm gonna go Texas. I like Texas. I don't think Tom Herman's got it. I don't think Tom Herman has the pieces there. I think they took a couple hits in the defensive side of the ball last year. I think that they really took some hits without Devin Duvernay. I'm not sure Sam Ellinger is that great of a quarterback. I can't listen that much higher than six. Five, I'm going to go with North Carolina. I think North Carolina has their quarterback in Sam Howell. You have no idea what they have with anything else. Those games against Notre Dame, those games against Clemson in the all 10-game ACC schedule, this is going to set them up for a chance to either be really solid or really embarrassing for themselves. Four, I'm going to go with Auburn. I think Auburn does not have the pieces on the defensive line and in that secondary that they lost to replace the production from last year. I think that they're a very talented team on offense. I like Seth Williams a lot. I think Bo Nix is a very competent quarterback, but I'm not sold on anything else outside of those two guys and maybe a decent run game. Number three, I'm going to go Oklahoma State. Much like Texas A&M, they're built for now. I like what they have in Spencer Sanders under center. They have Chuba Hubbard coming back. He's running back who surpassed 2,000 yards last year. Doug Walker winner. Mike Gundy, even though he lost a little bit with his teammates, I mean with his team, he's done a very good job building this team up. Number two, I'm going with A&M, but it's a lot closer than a lot of people think. 
I know a lot of people maybe will say I bash on AM, I give them a hard time. They play in the toughest division in college football. It's not even a question. Not just the toughest conference, the toughest division. If they can get those two wins over Alabama and over Florida in weeks two and three, they're setting themselves up for immense success the remainder of the season. All they really have to worry about is Auburn late in the season. And if they can do that, they're likely 10-0. But number one is Florida because they play in a weaker division in the SEC. They have the pieces there to be very successful on both sides of the ball, very similar to A&M. They also have an easier schedule. They don't have to face the likes of Alabama. They don't have to face the likes of Auburn. They have A&M, which is going to be their big game. They have LSU, who is depleted across the board. They lost everything last year. And the reason I'm not bringing LSU into this conversation is because I think they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack SEC team, finishing 6th, 7th in the entire SEC. They get to face off against Georgia, Arkansas, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. It's an easier schedule. And if Kyle Trask is the real deal, he'll get them to a 9-win season. Will that one loss come to Texas A&M? Possibly. But if that one loss comes to Texas A&M, that means that they're likely going to be in the SEC championship game. If that one loss comes to Georgia, no, it doesn't. It actually probably means Georgia is. All right, who's number 21 on our top 25 Aggies to watch for going into the 2020 season? I'll give you a hint. He'll be scoring a lot this upcoming season and making his mark in the end zone plenty during his Aggie career. We'll be breaking down his name in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. So, top 25 players going through the top 25 days before Texas A&M kicks off against the likes of Vanderbilt in Kyle Field on September 26th. That game begins at 6.30. You can watch it on the SEC Alternative Channel. Now, number 25 for our list was Haynes King. The quarterback, extraordinaire, potentially not going to be able to make his mark this year, but I do think that he will need to be mentioned in stuff. Number 24 was Devon Ashe, the speedy running back out of Fort Ben Marshall, another freshman. Number 23 was Brian George, the junior college quarterback transfer who's likely going to see snaps alongside of Jalen Jones, as uh, I would definitely say somewhere in that mix, either on the outside or in the middle. And number 22 was Devin Morris, probably the best nickel cornerback the Aggies have going into 2020. Number 21, I actually had him higher, but because of recent news, I got to put him down a little bit. Number 21, tight end Baylor Cup. Cup, again, is one of those names that you want to see break out because of all the stats that you heard of him coming out of high school, all the numbers you saw of him being successful against top talent in the state of Texas. What he was able to do as a receiving option, it makes him probably one of the best tight end prospects we've ever seen at the position. Not just in AM history, in the history of the position. But unfortunately, last year was a down year when he was supposed to be the next face to replace Jay Sternberger. He unfortunately suffered a lower leg injury, required surgery, missed the entire year. Well, he was having a strong camp going into the fall of 2020 and was expected to see his role expand alongside Jalen Weidemeyer. Unfortunately, there was another setback because according to a Facebook post that was later confirmed by head coach Jimbo Fisher, he had to undergo surgery on a dislocated soldier and tore his labrum at practice earlier this week. Now, 
Fisher had a lot of praise for Cup after the first week of drills, talking about his ankle. His ankle has had no problems, and if it did, he wouldn't tell you. Uh, he's one tough son of a gun now. He's competitive. He's got a great heart. I have a ton of respect for him and how he goes about his game. This is a six foot six, two hundred and forty pound monster that can play in a slot flex position. That can play on the offensive line in a three point stance. He can find his way to block. He's an overall great catcher, and this was going to be one of the bigger positions for A and M this year. They would have a solid starter in. You have a guy in Weidemeyer. You would have Cup, who is has probably the most upside. You have freshman Blake Smith, who is likely, in my opinion, everything I've watched of his tape from South Lake Carroll, is a reincarnation of Jay Sternberger. And you have Ryan Rennick, who is a very good blocking tight end. Add all that together, that was going to be something very special. Now, there's no question on if and when he will return. But when he does return, it's going to be big. You need that big target in the red zone. You need someone who can play against SEC competition consistently against these players. You want to have a target that is a mismatch against cornerbacks. It can outrun linebackers with the speed and can definitely take hits from safeties coming downfield and laying the hammer. That is what Baylor Cup brings to this Aggies offense. So again, it's not a question of if and when he will return. It's how productive will he be when he returns. I think he still is very important to the Aggies' success this year. Even if he's in a limited role, he takes 300, 400 snaps. If those 400 snaps lead to 20 catches, 295 yards, and four touchdowns, all four coming in the red zone, that's detrimental to the AM success. Again, you're looking at some of these teams that they're facing off against. A depleted Mississippi State secondary. A depleted Ole Miss secondary. A Florida secondary that you probably won't see Cup play against, but if you could... They lost their key component at safety, and they lost their key component at cornerback in C.J. Henderson. Alabama, they lost Xavier McKinney. They lost a ton of talent on the outside. They lost talent at the outside linebacker position in Terrell Burgess. I mean, there's not a legitimate true option there. Those are moments where you could see a guy like Cup step up and become an impact player for your team. And I really much like him. So whenever he does return, he will be a detrimental factor to AM's success in the passing game, in the run game as a blocker, and overall just as a player that was highly recruited coming out of high school that's going to make an impact in the Jimbo Fisher era. That's the biggest thing of all I think that a lot of people got to take away from this. This is a top five tight end prospect in grades according to 24-7 sports they've ever given out, and we got to see him play. So if he does play... Imagine how dangerous he's going to be on the field, especially in mismatches against outside linebackers in 4-3 systems and against safeties in 3-4 systems. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Tomorrow, we have the NFL season coming back and several big-time players from College Station will be making their debuts in the 2020 season. How do we think they will fare overall? We'll be breaking down their stats. We'll be breaking down the outcome for their seasons. And we'll be breaking down our next name on our top 25 Aggies. It's a show you're not going to want to miss. We'll see you tomorrow. And remember, get good, y'all. This has been Locked On Aggies. Presented by the Locked On Podcast Network.